Hello. Wow. No cow. <laughs> no cow? How are you? Uh, I'm fine, but should I should I be missing a cow or Oh no. <laughs> um I'm I'm I didn't uh get to do nor did I want to do Super Bowl yesterday, so I'm catching up on the advertisements and um I guess one of the most um most divisive if you could I don't understand how it could be divisive, but apparently some people absolutely hated it and others thought it was endearing and as one might imagine, I fell on the side of of it being endearing. Um was an advertisement from Oatly in which the CEO <laughs> sings um this very silly song. It's it's just it's sort of a very pared down um advertisement and it's kind of funny mm. uh but anyway the the lyrics are pretty much just wow no cow <laughs> <laughs> and he's just sitting in the middle of this field of oats uh with a piano and the piano is kind of lightly tilted to one side because it's not on a platform or anything like that and there's the oatly brand milk on the corner of the keyboard with a glass of oatly next to it and as he's patting away on the keyboard the milk is sort of moving a little bit because it's so unstable oh, is um, it moving oh my god it's move well no it's not moving because there's no cow in it it's oatly oh so mm-hmm. anyway i think it's kind of i don't know sweet <laughs> i guess and the song was in my head and so yeah. Yeah. I I um was not paying attention to the Super Bowl or any of the associated advertisements because that's not my shtick. That's uh that's uh, the purview of our mutual friend Dan Sturm. Um but uh the the reaction that I saw on Twitter towards Oatly was very negative and I asked why and it was because he was singing and I was like, Okay. And then I did not follow up on that any further, uh <laughs> because I don't <laughs> turns out I don't care. <laughs> but uh <laughs> I didn't know it was about a cow. He's off key a little bit. And so I guess people were annoyed with him, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, I didn't think Mm -hmm. it was that bad. I thought it was funny. Um, And like I said, endearing. So especially whenever you have these like, and I know that this in and of itself is a technique. um, But when you have all of these very flashy very ridiculous advertisements like the um Fiverr Fiverr had um one where they went to the four seasons uh place where Rudy Giuliani told press to meet oh no and, four seasons landscaping yeah they went to four seasons landscaping and basically they were showing that you know they'd hired a bunch of free of freelancers to kind of redo the spot and then the this the president of four seasons landscaping goes inside and it's like it's ridiculous it's it's sort of like an elven forest of of plants and and clearly they spent a lot of money on that ad and then you know there's some other ones where they hire big budget people um the ALEXA one from Amazon was actually quite funny because they used Michael B. Jordan. But not only did they have to spend a lot of money on Michael B. Jordan, I'm sure, but also they made his irises uh, blue like 
the ring around alix around echo devices and it's because uh, they it's it's got like it was a funny advertisement where this woman changes alexa's voice to michael b jordan and she's absolutely attracted to him and so her husband starts to get a little jealous because she's asking alexa to read her audible audiobook and michael b jordan is talking in this voice and she's like really getting into this audiobook and um she you know talks about putting together her shopping list and she's like a shopping list <laughs> um but anyway, when you've got all of those kinds, and then you go to something that's just a dude playing a piano who you don't even really know who he is, and it's kind of low budget feeling, I'm sure it costs a lot of money. Uh, there's there was something to that that uh, drew me in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's there's um, I think an unfortunate unforced error with the CEOs being in the advertisements for their own products where maybe they don't always uh consult the appropriate people or trust their judgment uh on whether or not they should be doing the thing um because yeah. they're the boss so it does kind of skew the answers you get uh so i don't know maybe that played a part of whatever was going on maybe it was supposed to be uh like you said sort of intentionally low rent um to uh contrast with other things and that that humor was supposed to come across but maybe it just wasn't working but nobody could say anything about it i don't know uh the reaction seemed to be like universally negative towards it uh you were the only person i've heard to say anything positive uh but really? uh, yeah i i just i i don't i'm not angry at oatly or anything the way people were upset yesterday was like oatly ceo is trending and it's like oh no what did he do did he deny oat milk to a small daughter or something like i have no idea what was going on <laughs> what, what, what could possibly necessitate that kind of uproar and vitriol but uh it was it was apparently that i don't know i don't understand i don't i don't get i don't people just they're so angry all the time and then people were furious at the weekend and i was just like i oh really yeah I wonder why. it was like uh these gopros are terrible this is awful this isn't the spectacle of whatever for the halftime show and it's just like i okay i'm just gonna keep scrolling past all this twitter stuff you guys are real mad um i don't know i just i don't have any expectations of this stuff or nor am i watching it so uh it does it does seem weird when people get so furious about it but i guess that's what it would be like if someone looked at uh like my what my happens in my twitter feed when i'm watching like a apple product announcement or something and it's just like what the crap is this but uh i don't know uh it's uh it's not something where i can connect to it personally i've just learned too that oh wait the commercial is several years old the only one is um but it's banned in sweden why is it banned that's a great question uh is this one of those things where it's like you can't call something uh, a milk because it doesn't come oh, from a cow or something like that? <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Okay, um, yeah. It says it was made back in 2014 and banned in Sweden after facing a lawsuit from the Swedish dairy lobby. <laughs> <laughs> we are the Swedish dairy lobby. Oh, man. Yeah, I just uh, I, I had a feeling it would be something ridiculous like that because... Uh, you know it's one of those things where i can see both sides of it you know you don't want to mislead your customers it's not really milk blah 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 but with with something that says oat milk it's like yeah yeah obviously it's it's made from oats there's that one product uh the company uh just egg it has has no egg in it 
I, I get angry every time I hear the name of that company. It's Just Egg. You heard yeah. of that one? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that one's troublesome. And don't they make other Just products? I'm not sure. All I'm familiar with is Just Egg because I was listening to a podcast that had them as an advertising sponsor. And I, I was just like... Really? What? Yeah. Um, for... Uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Ira Madison, Louis Vertel... Uh, what's that one called? I listen to it every now and then, and it is escaping my brain. Every now and then. Uh, keep it. It's from Crooked Media, which is the company, the parent company of the uh, Save the Pod America pod, pod Save the Things. Oh, yeah. Save the yeah. American Pods. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. the pods. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, just egg. And then on the... the on the screen, it says, this is an egg, and in the middle is a plant. <laughs> How it's can not... they do this? Yeah, you see, that's the thing. I, I don't like that. Um, I don't care about the oat milk thing. Like, whatever. Like, obviously, it's it's oats. Like, they didn't call this, like, oat egg or something. That, that would be fine. Although, I don't know if you can make an oat substitute from egg. I don't... What is the just egg substitute made of? Uh, mung it... bean. Mung bean? Okay. Yeah. It's a protein-rich legume called the mung bean. Mung beans have been in the global food system for thousands of years, but they've never been used quite like this. Yeah. Oh. Similar flavor, texture, and color to chicken eggs. When you pour just egg in a skillet, the gentle sizzle as it hits the warm pan and the way it scrambles into a fluffy, chewy breakfast. A fluffy, chewy breakfast? Mm. I think I, I don't think I ever want to describe my breakfast as fluffy, chewy. Yeah. Well... I mean, it makes a sort of sense. Uh, I'll have fluffy or I'll have chewy, but I don't want both. I, we need like three on there. Yeah, so you <laughs> pick two. You can have it fluffy and you can have it uh, s- silky, mm. but then you can't have it chewy. You can have it fluffy and chewy, but then you can't have it silky. You can have it chewy and silky, but then it can't be fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> the the just egg product triangle. Um, but uh, I yeah, I don't know how I would describe because if you if you're having scrambled eggs, there is some resistance to it. It's not just like a, you didn't make a foam. Um, but I, I wouldn't call it chew. Che- yeah, chewy doesn't feel accurate to describe eggs. I guess mm, no, real it, or otherwise. Yeah, because I, I just had eggs the other day. Feels very unjust. Oh, God. <laughs> Just to move on. <laughs> uh, and so, how were your eggs? Um, fine. They were... Mm-hmm. I made them... So, my, my great-grandma passed away... Um, I guess it's been just a month, uh, about a month ago. Um, and when she made eggs for me growing up, because I would... so. Uh, my elementary school was very close to my great grandparents' home. And so when my mom was working, I would often, uh, my great grandpa would come and pick me up from school and I would stay the night with my great grandma and grandpa at their house. And then he would take me to school the next day. And so I'd do that a couple of times in the week. And um, I, or she would always <laughs> make these elaborate meals uh, for, 
right when I got home from school, there would be some sort of snack and then dinner was, you know, all these different things. You could never have a meal without a salad included with it, uh, which I think still informs my love for salad to this day. And breakfast, she would always make waffles or pancakes. And um, it was because of them that I liked coffee, that I started to like coffee. Um, And she would make her eggs by first frying bacon and then sort of cutting the bacon up into little pieces and throwing it in with the scrambled eggs. And so it would be like these scrambled eggs with... um, not bacon bits, because bacon bits would be too small to describe these, but bacon pieces in them. And so you get this nice, delightful crunch next to the egg. So uh, the other day, my partner Sebastian um, wanted to have a breakfast feast, um, as he described it. And so we got, you know, eggs and um, made waffles. And uh, I found this this because I didn't want to make my own hash browns because that takes a while. Uh, But they sell this root vegetable hash brown. And so it's potatoes, uh, carrots, and sweet potatoes or yams. I can't remember which one. And I think one other thing in there. And, you know, they're all cut up into hash brown pieces. Uh, And that was very good. And then um, cut up fruit and made, uh, I took some yogurt and some uh, heavy whipping cream and threw that into my uh, KitchenAid and whipped that for a while so that it made this nice um, sort of tangy uh, whipped cream and used that for the topping on the fruit and, you know, OJ and all the other stuff that goes along with it. But anyway, uh, made the eggs in the style of my great grandma and they were very good. It was, it was uh, nice, but it wasn't chewy. <laughs> it was a little crispy, crunchy kind of because of the bacon. Yeah. I, uh, I've i never had Turkey bacon, bacon in the scrambled eggs. I've had uh, eggs scrambled in the bacon fat from making the bacon, um, but I've never uh, never had the, the two joined. Um, I don't know. I, maybe I'll try that sometime. I, I just uh, I always like the, the texture of uh, some nice fluffy scrambled eggs uh even you know just with olive oil and uh stuff like no no uh not well it's not vegan or anything but no uh no no dead animals uh if you don't count the egg <laughs> but uh <laughs> it's uh yeah it's a it's it's interesting I'll, I'll, and then one thing we've done uh a, a couple times um because i was interested there was a some youtube cooking uh video that i had watched uh in a series of like uh common chinese foods or whatever so it comes up every now and then um and one of them was uh, uh scrambled eggs and tomatoes um that you serve over white rice uh which i never would have conceived of huh. the, it's very good actually uh and i'm very good at making it um but it is just one of those things that i wouldn't have figured but apparently it's a pretty popular like lunch sort of dish uh like simple home cooking kind of a thing not like a fancy restaurant uh option and so uh, i gave that a shot and uh it works out pretty well you just uh can either cook the tomatoes first and then do the eggs or you can cook the eggs and then add the tomatoes in um either way and then there's a little soy sauce and 
uh i forget what else i think it's just mainly soy sauce uh salt and pepper um i think it's white pepper and uh then you put it over some white rice uh and it's it's pretty good i might have to try that because yeah i never thought about rice with eggs yeah other than other than fried rice right and that's one of the things as i was thinking is like i've had you know fried rice with egg in it like as little pieces in it but uh you know, the way you make this is it should still be like fluffy, big curds of egg, like not like uh, all broken up into tiny pieces. And then you sit it on top of that. Um, and another thing is I don't hard scramble. Uh, I hate hard scrambled eggs. What does that um, mean? Uh, that's that's like if you, you know, when you go to a, like a breakfast buffet and they have the eggs that have been sitting in that warming tray and they oh, have, yes. uh, I would describe their texture maybe as chewy. <laughs> They're, uh, uh, they've been really hard cooked uh, to the point where uh, it, it doesn't have any like uh, surface moisture to it uh, okay. as opposed to yeah. like a soft scramble where you cook it just until it sets um, into curds uh, and then there's some residual like egg liquid that you just let the carryover cooking uh take care of um as a, as opposed to like a hard scramble where you've just like made tiny little dry chunks of egg gotcha yeah um and so you know there's different schools of thought on that and then of course there there's the uh the very soft scramble where people uh are making sort of like custard like uh you know you're french style gordon ramsay style whatever where you just keep stirring constantly and that prevents uh, large curds from forming so you wind up with something that is uh, very velvety but cooked um, and almost like a sauce like uh, hmm. so some people like that too i like that sometimes but uh usually when i'm like at a restaurant or i'm going to be having something with toast or something like because uh, it doesn't really have as much structural integrity as a regular scrambled egg does yeah i've never had that kind either that i never even have heard of that yeah uh if you if you look at the gordon ramsay he has like a youtube video on how to make the gordon ramsay eggs or whatever it's called it's kind of ridiculous i mean he didn't like invent doing this but uh he has a, a documented process for how he chooses to do the eggs um you you can find other sources for soft, soft scrambling um but uh, i i just uh, uh don't jason really hates that but I, I it's just something i like every now and then um, but the soft scramble is usually what I gravitate more towards. Uh, and it works well with the uh, rice because then you get, um, kind of like a velvety saucy consistency, uh, with your, your eggs and your tomatoes. Cause the tomatoes will give up some liquid when they're cooked too. Uh, and that little bit of soy sauce, uh, add some seasoning. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not, not big on, uh, uh on tomato with egg. Mm-hmm. Personally, uh, the, the, something about tomato, it feels too challenging for my stomach for breakfast. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I think I think I have a light acid problem. Uh, um, my dad has it real bad, and I think I have a light one. And so just thinking about eating tomatoes for breakfast right now is kind of making my throat swell. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so yeah, I think that might be why. The, the rice will help with that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, uh, also, I, um, try to get, uh, the, the, uh, cherry tomatoes, um, are generally what I like to keep around, um, as opposed to Roma tomatoes or beefsteak tomatoes or whatever other kinds of larger heirloom t- varieties you may find. Um, 
because those tend to be underripe and chalky and weird. But uh, if you get a small uh, cherry tomatoes, they usually tend to be to have a um, better balance of flavor and uh, also uh, the the natural sugars in the tomato. Um, so uh, you know, it's it's your mileage may vary by based on whatever tomato you pick um, to use. And especially in terms of acid, like you're saying. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. But uh, let's talk about a, a different kind of fruit. Okay. Uh, pears? Y- yes. I like pears. Peaches? Plums? <laughs> you know what we should talk about? What? Mm-hmm. Figs. Figs? Mm. Yes. Like the nurses' uniforms? Um. Yes. <laughs> so, animal facts about figs first of all we should understand that figs are a very unique fruit that we consume Mm -hmm. um in that figs are inward blooming flowers so whereas most flowering plants bloom outward meaning we see the bud and we see the the petals and we see these um beautiful creations that exist in our world uh in figs loads of little flowers are blooming inside of that fig sack on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and that alone is very cool, but that is not the animal that I want to talk about. <clears throat> you going to talk about the wasps? I'm going to talk about the wasps. <laughs> so, and I'm quoting from a Mental Floss article that uh, we can link in the show notes. And, and this is so fascinating to me. Every single one of the 750 plus species of fig plant has its own fig wasp. And together, the pairs have been evolving together for more than 60 million years. So here is the process by which a fig plant is pollinated. In order to pollinate the plant, a female wasp enters the unripe male fig, and these are the ones that we don't eat, uh, and lays her eggs inside. Once the newborns hatch, they all mate inside, and the males, which are born without wings, chew a tunnel out of the fig, at which point they die, and the females file out through the escape route that the male created to the wide open world, where they take flight in search of another fig tree in which to lay their respective eggs. They crawl inside, they drop some pollen from the figs that they came from, and drop the future babies, and then once again, the males chew out and the females follow um so in most cases the figs that we eat um because they are the uh male figs or because they are the female figs those ones are not going to be you know uh, wasp infested those are not the ones that get pollinated but on occasion the wasp gets it wrong and accidentally crawls into a female egg and lays its babies. And then that female uh, fig is not, you know, properly pollinated. And so it doesn't kind of get carried on. But if you do have figs, excuse me, that have the little wasps in them, um, they mostly are broken down by an enzyme inside of figs. And so you wouldn't really know, but it's enough for vegans in many cases to not eat figs because they don't want to eat the little baby or the little wasp carcasses in case there are some in there. So 
I found that really fascinating that sort of two different types of living species uh, rely on one another in such a very specific way that enough so that every single type of fig plant has a wasp to match it. I think that's so interesting. Um, and, you know, just that that has happened over time. Very cool stuff. Yeah, there's, um, it reminds me of a something about uh, Joshua trees. Um, there is a specific way they get fertilized, which is by a moth, a singular moth uh, that exists that does this. Um, there are other kinds of moths that will pollinate uh, yucca, other kinds of yucca, because uh, a Joshua tree is a yucca. But there's only uh, a certain kind of this one specific kind of moth that will pollinate uh, these Joshua trees. Also, there has been some divergence from the population of Joshua trees that is closer to, let's say, the Los Angeles side, and then the population of Josh- Joshua trees that are closer to, let's say, the uh, was it like New Mexico area. Um, like the uh, there's been a divergence, so there's actually um, a subspecies of the tree and a subspecies of the moth where they have different lengths of the um, whatever it is, the proboscis thingy um, to go into the little like bell shaped flowers that the Joshua tree has. So those moths from opposite sides can't uh, uh, what is it? One of them is too has a, an appendage that is too short to fertilize the other kind of Joshua tree now. Um, because of that slow drift and divergence that has occurred um, and the the uh, small pockets of Joshua trees that exist. Um, so it's, it's one of those weird things where it's just like, yeah, there's a plant and you just think like, oh, well, it'll just have more plants. Some bee will come along and pollinate it. And it's, uh, you know, it's not always a bee. It's a sometimes it's a very specific moth or wasp or something. And it's only that one thing that's going to do it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Uh, the the yucca moth, Tegetecula synthetica, the only animal capable of pollinating Joshua tree flowers. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, look at it. It's so tiny. Well, and uh, it's one of the reasons why there aren't that many Joshua trees. Also, the elevation thing, and they have a lot of very specific requirements, but uh, they're they're interesting trees. You ever seen one? Not in person. Yeah, we went to Joshua Tree in November as a ro- on a road trip because um, it's what, two hours from here, uh, and then we went back this past weekend um, to go on a hike and then drive back. Uh, it was a very long day, um, but <laughs> the the uh, uh, the Joshua Trees are magnificent looking, uh, as because the, you get to these parts of the park where it's the only thing that you see really like on the horizon uh in every direction uh not every place in the park is like that but uh it it is is interesting to be in one of those places because it makes you feel like you're definitely like on another planet um just because they're so peculiar um to all the other kinds of plants that you're normally surrounded by uh because even like a regular yucca or something that's like what it comes up to your waist or whatever like they're they're not Mm -hmm. huge uh but these joshua trees are very tree-like um other than the fact that they're like made of uh little yucca fronds and like whatever that uh quasi bark like substance is um they're, they're very very Skin. weird yeah hmm yeah i 
I would like to, I mean, at some point, hopefully <laughs> see them in person. Yeah, I don't um, think it's the kind of thing you could drive uh, on a day trip and do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not, yeah, that, it'll definitely be a, a planned excursion that you would have to, I would have to go to. Um, but they're very, I mean, it feels like it's one of those uh, got to cross that off your list at some point kind of things, especially with the state of fires, um, mm-hmm. the literal state of that's what California should call itself <laughs> is the state of fires. Yeah, I think the golden <clears throat> state was, is maybe a misnomer. Um, we should definitely switch to, to uh, the fire state. Uh, the fire state. <laughs> yeah, we should definitely be the fire state and you should have like a, a guitar cord that you hit and then like there's an explosion of fire that goes off behind you every time you say it very cool i will i will i will hop on that um hiring someone to sort of make the fire explode behind me or we could be the the, uh smoke state i guess um (laughs) oh only you can prevent forest fires yeah maybe we should turn that into kind of a benefit i guess we should we should start smoking various uh uh, items out in the the open during certain times of the year like uh, smoking meats yeah yeah it's, or you know we could probably smoke some vegetables too smoke some yeah uh, smoke some apple um smoked figs yeah smoked figs that's an idea we should do that <laughs> that's an idea <laughs> smoked egg <laughs> <laughs> smoked just egg <laughs> just big, big vats of just egg just sitting out in the oh sun. my god <laughs> I guess maybe if you smoked the mung bean before you turned it into um, yeah. I, the egg I wonder stuff. if it would still turn into fake egg, <laughs> if it, if, or if the chemical change from being smoked would prohibit that. But uh, we can always we can just try that out. Smoked oat milk? Ah, yes. <laughs> Call it a smote S- milk. Smote smote milk. Smote. Mm. Smotely. And then we'll have a... Oh, God. You play a piano. I wonder if anyone's made smoked chapstick. Oh, just the, people who really like hickory flavor. <laughs> like I, 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 people who need constant barbecue in their lives. Um, but God, uh, barbecue chapstick, gross. <laughs> I bet you could sell a lot of that actually, just for the novelty. Um, yeah, but you probably want to have like a little bit of like some vinegar and sugar in it, so it has like a little bit of that uh, barbecue flavor. Um, as opposed, and then to just it the will smoke. also probably plump up your lips, so it'll be like that lipstick that. It's called bee sting, I think is what it's called, mm. that has some substance in it to make your... <laughs> it, humans are weird. Mm-hmm. It purposely irritates your lips to make them swell so that they are bigger than they normally are. Yeah, well, um, a lot of uh, various chapstick products do that. Uh, they actually have irritants in them to make your... You make your your lips worse. Like I mean, I'm and- speaking from a place of privilege here with my you know, larger, uh, genetically created lips. And I realized that, but at the same time, what in God's name are you people thinking? Uh, mm. well, I'm uh, sorry. Not all of us are blessed with the uh, big curvy lips. <laughs> I know, but why would you, why would you purposely hurt yourself to make your, uh, I don't it's know. Just... I mean, it's, it's one of the things where people like, in, inject things into their lips too um so i didn't really and not to shame anybody who uh feels like they need to look a certain way it's just like maybe maybe you don't uh just yeah i guess on that one that's Mm -hmm. uh, things that cause you pain for the 
purpose of matching some ideal is, I guess, where my concern lies. It's concern, not judgment. But um, with the lip stuff, you have to have that redone. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned that because my <clears throat> a friend of mine, she's a uh, flight attendant, and before she took the flight attendant job, she went and had that done. And yeah, after a while, your body absorbs whatever it is that they plump into your lips. If you get lip filler versus the thing that's like tiny versions of what uh, breast augmentation uses, if you get that where they literally shove something inside of your lips that's, you know, wrapped in silicone or whatever, that, of course, will stay. Um, but it's a lot more painful mm-hmm. versus the other kind where it's like a fluid injection that lasts for a while, but then your body eventually absorbs it and you have to have it redone. And I was just thinking about that. I wonder if that means that after a while, you kind of have to have it redone because if you don't, there's this sort of open pocket that whenever it gets reabsorbed, <laughs> then your lips kind of sag. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's my general understanding that it that doesn't doesn't leave a pocket, but uh, but it does. You you have the previous problem of their uh of the the skin not being taut. Um, because a lot of people do it for an anti aging effect. Uh, because lips get wrinkly as you get older, and so what they're trying to do sometimes is to combat the uh the wrinkles the inflexibility of your skin by uh filling out that skin more to make it taut um uh not not just because they want larger lips but because they want to uh to make them not wrinkled uh but you know i think that's out of the jurisdiction of this podcast to weigh in on that uh <laughs> true uh, unlike pies and figs and uh <laughs> joshua trees apparently um and eggs, but and eggs and we, smoking things. <laughs> smoking things. Um, speaking of smoking things, uh, I don't know how that's going to be a segue. But uh, computers. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, subconsciously not been paying very much attention to what's been happening with computers as a category and topic uh, for quite some time. There is some information that I gathered uh, recently by seeing tweets fly by um that there is a beta version of uh ios 14.5 and it's going to have a uh watch unlock feature um for masks uh if a mask is detected and you have your watch on and it's already unlocked and blah 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 um you'll be able to use that feature and then there also apparently is a uh ability to select um, an alternative audio service for siri to use for audio playback um so that you don't have to use uh the the only option right now of apple music um but that there isn't necessarily anything solid on that front and some people are getting different experiences as they're using that um but that's all i know about really in terms of computers also i saw your really cool apple watch band that you got uh and i had no idea that was even happening um i don't know when that happened uh i completely missed whatever the news was about that apple watch band um, and I would I would love oh. to know more. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I guess we could yeah, we could start there. So Apple 
a while back um, during the latest kind of round of protests uh, against police brutality, particularly uh, against people of color, um, Apple announced that it was going to be uh, creating an initiative for racial equity and justice. And with that came um, a $100 million commitment. Um, That $100 million commitment was going to go towards, uh, you know, Apple said, we're going to be working on lots of things. And they announced and actually said, hey, we're putting our money where our mouth is here. Here is one of the things that we're doing with it, with the $100 million we promised, um, which was to create a um, an education. It's called, they say, a first of its kind education hub um, for HBCUs and an Apple Developer Academy in Detroit. And so this was a pretty cool thing where um, Apple... It was creating the Propel Center, um, an innovation and learning hub where it's going to be a $25 million contribution and we'll have like a robust virtual platform, a physical campus in the historic Atlanta University Center, as well as an on-campus activations um, at partner institutions. And then, as I mentioned, the Developer Academy uh, that it was going to be creating in downtown Detroit. And then partnerships with local businesses and, and entrepreneurs uh, as well. So that was kind of the, the first step. But then Apple later um, announced that during February, which is Black History Month, uh, they had created a series called Black Unity. And so Black Unity was both a a, a special Apple Watch uh, that Apple created an Apple Watch band and an Apple Watch face. So the Apple Watch is uh, a Series 6 Apple Watch that has on the back of it, it's etched Black Unity. Um, I, th- I believe it's a black aluminum, um, but I'm, don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. It's either uh, black aluminum or black stainless steel. Um the Apple Watch band is called the Black Unity Sport Band, and it is um, in green, black, and red, which is the which are the colors of the Pan African flag. Um, so it's kind of like all across the African what is it diaspora, um, and it is it has a pin. the The pin on it. Let me see because I'm not wearing it currently. Um, cause I forgot to put my Apple watch on this morning. Oh no. Um, you're going to, you're going to miss your stand goal for today. <laughs> yes, exactly. wonder why that site's not working. <laughs> oh, so the, the pin is in space, uh, black as well. And it says truth, power, solidarity. Uh, and then on the band, it says black. Uh, black unity so that you kind of know that's what the band is for and then it's going to support several organizations uh so it says black lives matter support fund uh, via the tides foundation the european network against racism international institute on race equality and human rights leadership conference education fund naacp legal defense and education fund and souls grown deep uh, a partnership dedicated to promoting the work of African-American artists and supporting their communities by fostering economic empowerment, racial and social justice, and educational advancement. So this is akin to the pride bands that Apple does in June. Um, 
and I'm hoping that Apple releases a new uh, a new Black Unity band every February. We'll see. Uh, but this first one is very cool. Um, and yeah, they they announced this right before, like at the end of January, right before February hit, and so that they were going to be, you know, creating this and then the new watch face um, you can get. If you don't already have it on your phone, excuse me, on your watch, you can go to Apple's site and tap on it. And then it says it lets you download it um, to your your phone, which of course will then make it available on your watch. Uh, so yeah, it was a kind of a cool thing to add to my collection. But um, I thought this was neat. So I'm going to read a little bit from the site. Designed by Black creatives and allies throughout Apple to celebrate and acknowledge Black history and culture, the Black Unity Sport Band is inspired by the colors of the Pan-African flag and pays homage or homage to the rich tradition and craft of quilt making. Three individual pieces of colored floral are assembled by hand and compression molded as one. And then it works together with that Unity watch face, which has that um, ever-changing pattern of irregular shapes as the Apple Watch moves. And uh, also are kind of reminiscent of the, the quilt making. Oh, I did I did not realize that it was uh, fused together like that. Um, I thought that it was uh, somehow painted uh onto yeah it. i did i did too until it was you know upon reading more about it because i wanted to see which um organizations it was supporting and so then whenever i read that it was compression molded like that i thought oh that's really neat yeah. makes me wonder if each one is lightly unique you know uh, as they i i don't know you know how you cut it out to make it into each individual band but if by compression because surely they can't just compression mold one gigantic block that is then perfectly shaped exactly how they want it so because even on the watch itself or on the band itself it's slightly rough if that makes sense Mm -hmm. along the the not not like the whole thing is smooth but the actual line of the place where the black and the green or the black and the red come together is lightly rough so it looks like that'd be hard to repeat i would think but i don't know i don't yeah. know i don't know how it's made maybe they stamp it and then fuse it because i have to imagine you have to weigh it out or something because you don't want to have like too little or too much material inside whatever your mold is um uh but uh interesting it's really interesting i and um i was aware of their investment in uh, the HBCUs um, from the news that Tim Cook uh, teased out that he was going to be in an exclusive interview with uh, Gail King. Um, but I had completely missed all of the other uh, things that they were they were up to, that they were doing as part of this. Uh, I feel like it, it does more than what they've done in the past, certainly, um, for their diversity efforts uh, that they usually mention but uh haven't had a terrible amount of um progress with uh especially after this past summer to see them do more um i think is, is really uh it, it's good uh if you, it's it, it's a it's a good thing um i don't know uh what percentage of the watch bands and watch parts and stuff are going towards these causes um but i have to assume that because of the <clears throat> excuse me because of the general size of the donations that they're making that uh it's 
far exceeds whatever the cost of the bands and watches are um, in total. But uh, I don't know. It, it just it just seems like a really cool thing. And I'm, I'm just surprised that I did not hear more about it other than when I saw your Instagram post with the photo of it. Uh, it uh, didn't, didn't seem to make as much of a dent on the radar. But uh, I hope that going into, uh, like you said, future years, we'll see more of a rotation of this, more highlighting of this, more artists maybe brought in for other projects. Um, Cause I don't, I don't know, maybe there are other products that can be highlighted in some way um, uh, in a similar fashion, but uh, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I was, I was happy with it uh, the way that it turned, <clears throat> excuse me, the way that it turned out. And I was happy um, that Apple, because it expanded uh, it, Tim Cook's Apple is an Apple that I do like. Um, and uh, of course, there are always uh, financial benefits to doing any number of, of things. But there's something about having him at the head that makes me feel less uh, susceptible to being jaded about, about everything, um, where I really do think that He's a <clears throat> excuse me. Wow, <clears throat> we, we I really do think contagious that, dryness <laughs> <laughs> that he's a people first kind of um, leader, and so you know, it, I'm not saying that he said, "Hey, we should do this." I am sure that a group of people with an apple or a team with an apple, whatever it happened to be, put forth put forth this idea, and. There have to be approvals, and I think it's easier to make those kind of approvals with Tim Cook as the the head of the company. So, yeah, all all good. Yeah, I mean, I'll never not be mad at him for uh, some some appeasement that he's done for certain other political parties uh, and uh, people um, that uh, I don't, I'm, I'm dissatisfied with. But uh, you know, every every little bit. Uh, that he does positive, I guess, is something uh, that's good in in total. Um, but you know, I do I do kind of wonder, like maybe if you don't prop up uh, a horrible president that we had at the time with a bunch of stuff like factory tours and photo ops and things and being on business <laughs> yeah. meeting councils and like being BFFs with uh, his, with uh, his his daughter, uh, maybe. Maybe don't do that, but yeah, you know, because uh, that, that does seem to work at cross purposes with uh, the other investments and the other things that he says. Um, like, uh, I was so mad when he tweeted on January sixth that uh, you know the people who did this should be held accountable, and it's just like, hey, you went on a factory tour with uh, with one of the guys who did this. Um, you mm-hmm. you went to meetings with the guy who did this, and you still don't say his name uh, when mm-hmm. you when you talk about that stuff. But uh, you know. I don't know. I, I I don't know what the particular pressures are involved, uh, and I I don't know if it is better for him to be hands off about that, but only to highlight these positive efforts that Apple is making in these other areas. Uh, I I don't know if it would necessarily benefit anyone if he was more combative towards um, some other people, but uh, you know that's just the way it is. Yeah, and I think that's uh, regardless of whether it's easy, that is a fair criticism. Regardless of whether it's easy for him 
to, you know, to, uh, to be more, um, critical, whether it is or is not, I think what you're saying there is a fair criticism that yes. Um, if you, you, you've got a, you got to not just do this, do as I say, not as I do thing, but you got to lead by example. And so I agree with you that, you know, that, and that's the good thing is that we can celebrate these good things, but also critique the bad things. And I think it was Aline Sims who um, put it perfectly on a recent episode of Clockwise that Tim Cook or Apple under Tim Cook versus Apple under Steve Jobs were two different companies where Steve Jobs was definitely a product first mindset and Tim Cook is uh, has a more people first mindset and that that has played a role in over the course of his tenure. Um, he has shown that through the different things that have happened at Apple and different things that Apple has done. And, you know, we, we can't speak for the dead. Um, and so I don't know, maybe there would have been a $100 million racial equality and justice initiative with Steve Jobs yeah. at the head of the company. Yeah. But it's <laughs> <No. laughs> definitely not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it feels like that is through uh, Tim Cook's leadership that those things happen. And so because of that, I, I celebrate that. But I agree with you in saying that there's he, he's uh, I think no one belongs on a totem. Um, and Tim Cook is, uh, you know, equally should not be. Uh, what's that word? Because it's not totem. It's pe- pedestal. Is it pedestal. Pedestal. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, no human being belongs on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why only Beyonce can be on a pedestal because she's not human. I'm kidding. She's also <laughs> human and makes mistakes. <laughs> uh, well, but what about the Apple pedestal? Which one? Like. They'll just introduce a pedestal and just be like, this is where, this ah, is where you put, the this is where you put eye pedestal. Yeah. The eye you pedestal. can put a photo of the <laughs> celebrity family member, pet or other thing that you currently feel is above all of humanity and society. The thing, the person or thing with which you're the most happy, uh, made entirely of recycled aluminum, uh, and, with chamfered edges, of course, at the top of the pedestal, uh, with built-in W1 uh, ultra-wideband technology, you can simply bring a photo from your phone uh, up to the pedestal, the iPedestal, and it will appear on the 8K <laughs> uh, virtual display that we have precision uh, etched the 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 prism to allow for a hologrammatic creation uh, that sits atop the eye pedestal. Yes, <laughs> uh, but you know nobody can afford one. Exactly, because it's mm-hmm. going to be three thousand dollars. Yep. Ah. <sighs> So you have heard the rumors. We have all heard the rumors. 
uh, well, maybe you've heard the rumors. You said you've kind of been out of it. I've um, been very out of it. So just assume that I know nothing. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's kind of fun, actually. Um, let me pull up the article. Uh, so Apple, there a while back, um, I think it was Bloomberg, after you know some kind of sketchier blogs had announced um, rumors that Apple was working on an AR product. Uh, which would come to be known as Apple Glass. And Apple Glass is supposed to be this sort of glasses that you wear on your face um, that would do augmented reality. And so you could look through them and look around you and it could add things to your view. But that was just kind of one... um, one of the the eventual uh, things that was going to be happening, and it was um, originally going to be, uh, you know, AR was the thing. AR, AR, AR. Well, then um, Mark Gurman had an article near the end of January talking about how um, eventually the company was going to be working on glasses that were augmented reality. But in the meantime, the company may create a virtual reality headset. And so it says that um, the plan suggests that Apple's first headset will be far more expensive than those from rivals, which costs between $300 and $900. Um, So this first headset would be more uh, virtual reality than augmented reality and would not have kind of the functionality that they eventually want in Apple's own glasses. Well, then the information released an article on February 4th uh, that says new Apple mixed reality headset details, swappable headbands and eye tracking. So get this. A mixed reality headset Apple is developing will be equipped with more than a dozen cameras for tracking hand movements and showing video of the real world to people wearing it, along with ultra high resolution 8K displays and advanced technology for eye tracking. Hence my earlier um, references to 8K displays, etc. Um, it's going to have, um, along with 8K displays, it will have... Uh, cameras that are watching sensors and cameras that are watching your eyes internally, as well as cameras that are watching the world around you, along with the LiDAR sensors that are in the iPhone and iPad uh, to be able to map onto the visual space. But it's it's supposed to be a mixed reality device, which is interesting, so that you can kind of do VR if you want to, but then you can use the cameras that are on the outside of the display to sort of show you in your VR headset the world around you. And anybody who's used the Oculus Quest uh, 2, I don't know if it's... It's probably in the Oculus Quest as well, but definitely the Oculus Quest 2, um, you can have a live view of your world around you kind of come up and it uses the cameras, but it's just black and white and it's kind of lightly distorted, but it's enough to kind of be able to check if there's a dog under your feet or if you're about to walk into something. Um, and for whatever reason, the, uh, room, the room guide is not working anywho. So this is going to be able to kind of do both, uh, the product. (laughs) So 
$300 to about $1,000 at the highest point is what the current round of VR headsets costs. Uh, internal conversation puts Apple's headset at around $3,000. Uh, so one headset for $3,000. Now, we do have to compare that to Microsoft's mixed reality headset, the HoloLens, uh, which it sells for $3,500 per headset. It is exclusively a, um, what is that? Not corporate product, but it is Business, a, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, what is that? It's consumer versus, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of what the term is. Um, uh, professional business, uh, it's just not for regular people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wish I could remember what the what what the. I guess we'll just go with business Cor- enterprise enterprise. enterprise. Oh, enterprise. Okay. Yeah. Go. So it's an enterprise product uh-huh. um, for thirty five hundred dollars. So could be less than a Hololens, but certainly more than what uh, most people spend on um, a VR headset right now. And uh, I think very interestingly. It's around the price, if and in many cases, more expensive than buying a laptop from Apple. Um, so I don't know. Of course, these are all rumors. And as um, my pal Rene Ritchie has pointed out, if the level of rumor mill and rumor millage happened um, in the past to the extent that it happens today, um, we would have heard that Apple was... Before the iPhone was ever announced, we would have heard that Apple was working on a um, a, a tablet-style device, because, of course, they were working on the iPad before they were ever working on the iPhone. And then we would have heard that Apple was working on a rotary-style um, cellular phone because there were two projects that Apple was working on at one time. The product that would eventually become the iPhone that was announced. And then if they couldn't get that working, they were going to take the iPod and give it phone abilities. So it was going to have that rotary dial and be able to make phone calls. And that was kind of the plan B if plan A doesn't work. So we would have heard about uh, an iPad that got shelved and a rotary iPhone that got shelved. And then Apple would have announced the iPhone and maybe it would have been revealed, you know, a few days before the iPhone announcement that they were working on that iPhone. So his point is that what we're hearing, all these rumors, these could just be internal prototypes that, you know, Apple is considering and Apple is testing and may not come to market. And that's what we always have to be careful of with rumors. But Regardless of that, I do think it's interesting that we went from uh, Apple's working on a VR headset in the meantime. Well, actually, the first thing was Apple's working on an AR headset. And then that AR headset's going to be a long time into the future. So Apple's working on a VR headset uh, to kind of be something for now. And now we're hearing that it's working on a mixed reality headset so that it can do VR and AR before its eventual... Uh, release of Apple glasses or glass or whatever the the very lightweight headset is going to be. So I just I find it interesting the way that this has developed over time. Um, but three K, oof. No, well I'm not surprised at all by the price, uh, considering all that it has to do. It's very expensive to do this stuff. Um, I don't see a market for this product. Uh, I. 
I think what Microsoft does with HoloLens, where it is an enterprise product, it makes the most sense because there is a reason why you would want to do that. If you have like, oh, hey, I need to look at this spine in 3D or whatever. I need to, you know, see some CAT scans. I need to uh, do some modeling or architecture things or whatever. But uh, there is no there's no consumer point to that. And as far as Oculus is an example of like, oh, well, people are buying them. It's like, yeah, sure. There are a couple people buying them. But there's probably more iPad sales than there are uh, in the history of all of the Oculus headsets that have ever been sold. And how many of those people who've bought an Oculus headset are using them constantly or reliably or uh, upgrading from one version of Oculus to another? Mm-hmm. Um, how many people who purchased uh, Valve's uh, headset, um, the Vive? can't remember yeah i don't even know if they still uh, yeah, make it i think it. so yeah if they how many of those people converted over to buying oculus uh for the newer versions of oculus that came out i uh, you know what what is the marketplace for content for these things um because content is how you would stand to make a considerable amount of money because that's how apple makes money on everything else uh in terms of having a cut of all of the app store sales and having a cut of all the uh other content services and other content uh sales venues on these platforms uh i know they want to get into a category rather than approach the category late so it makes sense that they would test all this stuff um i I have to imagine that these rumors are from people who are very excited about these products uh, that are being worked on internally. But, uh, you know, I just, I don't think anything's on a timetable where something's going to materialize. I think Renee is probably correct uh, that, you know, this may be some prototype that never sees the light of day. Uh, And I have a hard time being excited about it because I know that there isn't a compelling marketplace for this thing to exist, regardless of whether or not it's a $3,000 product or a $1,000 product or a $200 product. Like if I bought a $200 mixed reality headset that did everything that this claimed to do, and it doesn't do anything that I need it to do, then I've wasted $200, um, you know, regardless of wasting $3,000. Uh, so I, I don't see... I don't see how they've answered the question of like, what do you, what do you do when you, when you own one of these? And I know that Apple certainly has the technology to do lots of stuff with AR because they've been talking about it for years. Um, you can have tiny little people run off a table in AR. Um, you can do all this, this nonsense uh, in terms of gaming and whatever, but they all turn out to be demos. Everything's a demo. There is no product that is available in AR that has been a really compelling product. And I'm sorry that there are 10 people who are still playing Pokemon Go, but that's not like the world has changed forever because of Pokemon Go and there isn't like a new Pokemon Go every year. There isn't a new AR experience that's popping off all the time. Um, so I don't I don't see how anybody can turn this into a business um, it, 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 unless they can significantly invest in content generation. And maybe this businessy HoloLens-like version of this is a way to generate content to that will eventually make a case for AR glasses or other products existing. But um, there's no way that whatever this $3,000 headset is uh, when it comes out, it's not going to be something that normal people um, would buy like they would buy an iPhone um, or an Apple watch. Even Uh, it's, it's going to be such a, such a niche market product. Um, It is going to be the hobbyist hobby that Apple has ever hobbied. Uh, There is just (laughs) no way that they would be able to, uh, to turn this into any kind of profitable thing. And they'd almost damage their own stock value price if they were to announce a product that doesn't sell like doesn't doesn't it doesn't sell like a ton of stuff because 
whenever Apple launches something and it doesn't sell exactly the same number of uh, uh, as the iPhones that they sell, then people freak out on Wall Street, even though mm-hmm. it's a small business for each one of these things. So I, having said that, I don't see how they can sell enough of these that it is an AirPods-like business, that it is a Apple Watch-like business, that it is, you know, any of these, uh, even an Apple TV-like business. Um, I, I don't see how you make that into a, a market. And none of their competitors have done it. And so while they may want to be the, you know, not want to be counted out and then arrive to the market late and whatever, but I, I just don't see any reason to be excited about these the level of things such as they are. And that's how I've felt about every AR and VR announcement that has ever happened um, in regards to Apple or any other competitor. Nobody has cracked it. On the off chance that someone does crack it, it's good that they do the R&D, but like, it's not it's not something where I'm going to start budgeting $3,000 to set aside, you know, a little piggy bank for my AR uh, future. Like, that's just not... Uh, something that's going to happen this calendar year or next or even the one after that um that even if they like crack it and they're like oh we did it we we have a pokemon go 2 and it works on this three thousand dollar headset and it's the most amazing experience ever sure fine um that's not going to happen now though like you're not going to get that out into the world because part of the reason why those why games like Pokemon Go were successful is because everybody had a phone. Not everybody's going to have a headset. So you're not going to get mass adoption of anything that you put out there. And, you know, I know that's a little chicken and the egg kind of a thing. Like, you can't make the content because there's no marketplace for it. And you can't make the marketplace because there's no, you know, content to put in the marketplace. But, uh, you know, it's it's going to be, it's going to take a while of them doing probably more enterprisey things before they ever get to anything that um, is game-like. You'd have to have a scenario where it was more ubiquitous uh, before you'd even approach something where content mattered. But I guess that's just a lot of my pessimism um, <laughs> in this category that has endured and has yet to be proven wrong. So right. I keep on being pessimistic about it. Yay. Uh, Yay pessimism. <laughs> Yay. Uh, pessimism for everybody. Uh, it's very you inexpensive. You get a pessimism and you get a pessimism. <laughs> But, thank you thank you pessimistic <laughs> oprah we love you <laughs> uh, man but i just i i don't know i i, I know people are jazzed because they like new stuff but you know i don't know find something else to be jazzed about jesus christ it's it's not that exciting <laughs> i okay i think we have to i have to disagree with you there i i so i agree with most of what you're saying but I have the Oculus Quest 2 and putting it on and playing. It was just the silliest little game where you're in this room and there's a robot that floats around in the air and kind of walks you through how the Oculus Quest 2 works. And uh, it, it gives you these little games to play. And so you put the cartridge into the computer in the game and it pops open this, you know, these different programs. And one brings these little rockets that you can grab the tail and you pull the tail and it starts the rocket engine. And then the rocket engine flies throughout the room. Then this blimp comes and a controller falls out and you can use the controller to make the blimp move around in inside of this virtual space and uh i can't remember what else oh there's a, a weapon that you can use to fire at targets and some other things and it showed me it i was just grinning with delight at this idea of 
I mean, yes, it was a, a silly little game and it was not, you know, super high res or anything like that, but it was so fun to not be in my fucking office, uh, you know, and inside of my house uh, for the 9700,000th day and to kind of be teleported to a different world with this adorable little robot to play around with. And so I do think that there, the excitement of, and even given how I felt about something that was kind of lower quality and, uh, you know, not high resolution and, and kind of not super interactive, but interactive enough, I think that there is reason to be excited about something that can take that to the next level where with the games that I play on the Oculus Quest 2 on the rare occasion that I've been playing on them, um, I get... I those some of the games if there's any if there's any motion in the game where you have to like make the body move versus just being able to look around and kind of stay stationary those start to make me physically ill and we know from the research that that can be improved by higher refresh rates uh higher resolution better depth of field uh, technologies, better lens technology, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, all of that can improve upon the experience. And so for me, if I can get that much delight and kind of wonder out of the less expensive Oculus Quest 2, then a device that in theory, ostensibly, is going to improve upon that experience in all the ways that matter when it comes to making VR that works with your brain. That is something to be excited about, particularly given how much I am stuck inside uh, all the time. But with all of that said, you bring up the very good point that we're in the middle of a pandemic that has resulted in job loss and you know financial loss and things like that. So with all of that in mind, a $3,000 product is not something to get super pumped about because you still have, you just still have to spend a crap ton of money on doing that. I guess the thing that makes me excited or the thing that I'm excited about is improvements upon a technology that have already brought me some level of joy and wonder when using them. Um, even in the current state of things. And this is this coming from once using a an Oculus headset when they had first come out and it was an awful experience because I had never done it before and the situation that I was put in was um it was it was for a different reason there was an architecture uh student at at the university uh, that I went to and they were showing me the building that they had created and they hit the, (laughs) the up key on the keyboard and it like (laughs) just pole vaulted me into the, the, the building inside of the building from being outside of the building. And so my whole vision just like shifted forward and things were flying by beside me and I was not ready for that. So I almost, I was standing up and I almost fell over. Um, and so that was my first experience with VR 
And it was awful. And I remember, you know, after that day being like, oh, gosh, that was, I, why do people like VR? Um, and then from that point, I got to try it again. Uh, I can't remember where it was, but it was the, it was not Oculus. It was the HTC Vive. And that was a good experience um, playing some, you know, like draw stuff in the air game um, or uh, what is it called? Not really game, but activity. Um, and then getting the Oculus Quest 2. And this has been the best version of VR that I've, you know, ever had or used and ended up for me feeling well worth the the price of it. And so there was um, excitement and joy from playing with that. And I think that in that sense, um, folks' excitement about improvements upon it are justified. Okay. Uh, out of curiosity, how often do you use your Oculus? I use mine uh, probably once a week, mm-hmm. I would say, uh, because any more than that for me, and it would be sick and headache, I think. <laughs> Uh, yeah. because yeah, the, the, the games that they kind of, um, many of the games focus on that, what I was talking about where your body moves within the game and it's not, not my style. Can't do those, at least not in the current technology. So you would characterize probably like an hour or two play time, um, with it. Yes. Yes. Once a week. Yeah. And yeah, I I think that you are using that more than I'm using my iPad. So that's there's that um in terms of use uh that you get out of an object. But I just I don't I don't know if it's going to translate into it's hard to say because like you said you're you're getting some joy out of it but maybe it's limited by the um the the technical cost cutting measures that keep the headset where it is um mm-hmm. but some of those technical cost cutting measures may also be what keeps it on your face because i don't know how heavy uh apple's thing is going to be the hololens is notoriously not very light um so it could it could very well be a situation where maybe you can do more of those walk around things but you just don't want to have the headset on your head as long because it's heavier um it's hard to sort of model that um but uh, i i'm going to say that i remain skeptical of uh of it as a broad category uh but i'm glad that you got excitement and sort of some whimsy out of uh a a smaller scale purchase and that maybe you know something like that could be brought to more people eventually uh at some point um you know on an infinite time scale but uh yeah i just i i just don't know i just don't don't i can't wrap my mind maybe it's a limitation of my own imagination that i can't uh, envision a situation where the technology is going to materialize in such a way that it's going to be widely useful regardless of what the price of it turns out to be um for you know uh, a wide swath of people but Maybe all they're looking for is some modest success so that they can just keep building on it um, over time, um, over and over and over again. 
uh, for many, many years to come. And that may be fine. Um, like, you know, apparently they're fine with what the Apple TV is doing. So like you can sort of let stuff go. And if somebody's liking whatever it is, then, uh, you can just keep doing that small thing until you've got that breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I that makes me wonder when is the next Apple TV going to be? There was no. apparently a rumored build that's been uh showing up on like I forget what it was, but people would see like the whatever the reference number is every now and then mentioned in code. Um like when Guillermo or whatever uh do we do their like code dive on these uh, oh yeah beta releases and stuff they they see these reference numbers for models that don't exist but uh it doesn't hasn't translated into anything and that's been going on for over a year now um so i would have expected something this past year uh but nothing happened and then nothing's happened still so i don't know maybe they have something that's there and they just shelved it because they didn't think it would be popular um, or sell well, or maybe because they have constrained um, resources for manufacturing uh, it at whatever place they were going to choose to do it. Uh, but I just, uh, I don't know what they're up to with that one. Maybe they got something ready and they're just like, hold on, we've changed our minds. And then they're going to go back to the drawing board. Maybe I, I have no idea. I mean, for all we know at this point, they could be rethinking things like they seem to be doing in all of their other product categories where, you know, like we talked about last time, the MacBook is going to have MagSafe and SD card slots possibly again in the future. Uh, what is what is old is new. So maybe there's a remote with a D-pad that's in our future or uh, some other uh, peculiar thing that they're going to be doing that'll be very un-Apple-like. Maybe they, they, they are really going back to the drawing board. But we, we won't know until it actually happens. Uh, there certainly isn't anything going on on the software front, uh, which is also a little surprising because I feel like there's some uh, nuts and bolts that could be tightened um, over there. Uh, I don't know if you've been using your Apple TV a lot during this pandemic um, like we have, but uh, it's nice to not have bugs. That'd be cool someday, um, maybe in the future. <laughs> yeah, some yeah. point. I mean, sometime. I, at some point, they also must be planning on selling something around the current price because they haven't dropped the price of the existing one, even though it is absurd that you would pay that much for what it offers. Even more of an insult is that they keep the uh, the model that I still have and you have, the HD one, the one that isn't mm-hmm. even 4K, uh, the one that was originally introduced um, with the as, as the... Uh, uh, the revision, the Apple TV fourth gen, that one uh, you can still buy and still buy for over a hundred dollars. So <laughs> just why, why are you doing this? Because it is so much less expensive to buy competing products in these categories. And I know there are a lot of people who are like, Oh, this is all sick. Uh, I want Apple. Cause it's the the best there ever is on everything. And it's, it's not, a, yeah, that's not, it's that not a real, like, especially when it comes to, mm-hmm set top boxes that's maybe the one category i guess smart speakers would be the other category where but now i would i would honestly tell people to get homepod mini if they asked me um but the one category where i don't recommend off the top an apple product like the like i said the main reason for me having apple tvs 
is because uh, at this point, especially uh, because Apple TV app is on a lot of smart TVs and a lot of different systems. But um, for me, especially uh, HomeKit integration is what makes the Apple TV, what made the Apple TV a worthwhile um, purchase for me. And now at this point, it's just stubborn, um, you know, stubborn, not no desire to kind of like learn a new system Mm -hmm. because I don't really use AirPlay for it. It's very rare. I think I used AirPlay for the first time the other day when I was showing um, Sebastian Lizzo's um, L video where she's doing um, word association with the different songs, which is a delightful thing that I think I will also send to you to include in the show notes. And that was the first time in a long time that I had done that. Um, So I don't mostly use that. And now my TCL Roku TV supports AirPlay natively, AirPlay 2 natively. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't even need an Apple TV to do that. And when people ask me, you know, my mom the other day asked me, we're thinking about getting a new set-top box. Um, What should we get? And cost is a factor. And so when you tell me cost is a factor, then immediately I'm going to cross off the Apple TV for that reason. But there are other reasons why I would too. Uh, But... Basically, what I'm saying is most of the time, I would say uh, an Apple product, if somebody was asking me, you know, what phone should I get? An iPhone. What uh, computer should I get? Well, an, a Mac that fits your budget. Uh, what tablet should I get? There, That's not a question. There's only one tablet. It's the iPad. Um, and then outside of that, you know, the, the, if it's, if it's, the t- or what what smartwatch should I get or what wearable should I get? Apple Watch hands down, and so it's interesting that the TV is the one that I I recommended to her because she's got a Chromecast in her bedroom, a Chromecast for the living room television. But the uh, Google released a new Chromecast that does um, that's a little bit better, and it's not just all because the thing about the Chromecast is that. In the past, it's been almost entirely a way to stream from your phone, but the new uh, Chromecast with YouTube TV or whatever it is is not that. It also is um, able to be a kind of a, a set-top box itself. And so given that, um, that was a suggestion that I made to her, and it's far less expensive than the Apple TV. Um, and I've recommended the Roku to other people. It's all over the place. And then in many cases, your television itself uh, might be good enough. My TCL television, again, it supports AirPlay 2. It also is a HomeKit-enabled television, which has its own set of features, and it's got the Apple TV app on it. So I could, in theory, ditch the Apple TV completely because all of it is there on the uh, the television itself. So yeah, I think Joe, what we need to do is work together to create the narrative that Apple doesn't care about its TV anymore, like people work together to create the narrative that Apple didn't care about the Mac anymore. Because what came out of that? The most glorious um, processor that uh, that Intel is scrambling to catch up with, um, and you know, a, a delicious change in the the future of the of the Mac and in PCs in general. So, yeah. Apple doesn't care about TVs anymore. Oh wow i I just never really thought of it that way. Uh, I was always so positive on the Apple TV, and I don't know <laughs> if I true. can switch gears on this to uh, <laughs> you know talk about the, the ways in which the Apple TV has fallen short. I certainly don't have any way to 
write anything long form about it or uh, <laughs> to look into past statements and uh, say that they have failed to meet expectations that they even set for themselves. I, I just don't have the uh, t- I don't have the ability to go through all this this effort to 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 change my mind about the Apple TV. <sighs> Folks, for anyone out there who's wondering, that was sarcasm. Uh, that comes from Joe having a long studied history of uh, critiques and criticisms of the Apple TV um, and kind of being the the voice we all need when it comes to uh, looking to improvements for Apple's own set-top box. I mean... They don't listen to me, so it's fine. Just as long as other people listen to me and they can be like, oh, yeah, man, that sucks they didn't listen to you. That's, that's, that's fine. Just just uh, reassure me that uh, I am correct and that this other stuff should happen because, you know, it's sort of frustrating to talk about it a lot and then see nothing fruitful occur. <sighs> Not like figs. Figs are very fruitful. They're, they are fruit. <laughs> They are. Yeah, um, we'll just be the wasps to uh, the Apple TV's fig, I guess. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, am, I the, to... am I the chewer or the layer? <laughs> there's, one in, there's one in every relationship. <laughs> uh, what if this is a versatile fig? Oh, good. We do like a good versatile fig wasp. Mm-hmm. That is, um, let's see, what is it called? That would be... Uh, Ficus versatilis, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we are done. <laughs> <laughs> Perfecto. <laughs>